greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Welcome to Winds of Change. I'm your host and Bible teacher, Keith McKenzie. Uh, we're going to be doing a series here on uh, the parables in Matthew 13, and we'll take a look at some of the other parables in uh, Matthew also. Um, the reason why we're going to do this is uh, following up uh, our study with uh, Pastor Conway Campbell on angelology, uh, the study and doctrine of angels. Uh, what we've been noticing uh, out there in the um, church community at large and, and some of the, the current trends um, and the overall feeling for, for people who are like-minded like ourselves in, in the discernment ministries, what we uh, see and have been seeing is the uh, great falling away. I mean, um, just absolute deception everywhere and uh, a lot of this is stemming from people who are promoting uh, their own type of philosophies and uh, you know through uh, book sales of uh, books of your best life now uh, the purpose-driven life uh, the purpose-driven church these type of things and uh, what we want to do is we always do here at uh, Amos 3.7 is we look at uh, you know the current events in the light of Bible scripture and then as good Bereans uh, we want to check it, uh, these things by the uh, scriptures and see how it's lining up and what we what we find here in the parables in Matthew 13 is we see a um, the departure okay that I, what I really want to, to show uh, through this study is uh, that this is exactly <laughs> what we should be expecting if we're looking and reading our Bible and uh, discerning the, the times. And uh, Jesus commended us to, to do that. And uh, I want to open up our study, not in Matthew 13 yet, but just give you a basic overall um, outline that will go through uh, the parables. And uh, Jesus actually gives us a timeline of the uh, church or the kingdom age. And he likens it to all these different things, the pearl of great price. And, and the various uh, other things that we have, the mustard tree, the dragnet, all these things that the Lord um, gives us. And it really, when you start looking at it in the light of other scriptures, and we start to use uh, line upon line and precept upon precept, and we see that uh, Jesus is giving us, um, really, it's not a, a pretty picture. It's not... Um, the church triumphant, um, conquering and taking over the world for Christ. And that's part of why we want to take a, uh, a good look at this study. So this is just the introduction because with um, what we're seeing now is uh, with Glenn Beck 
Uh, he's working and having uh, evangelical, strong uh, evangelicals on his program. Uh, we have uh, people like Rob Bell, um, Jim Wallace, Brian McLaren. Uh, we have, you know, uh, you know, Rick Warren and, and a, a bunch of other teachers in, in the uh, Signs and Wonders crowd. Uh, the new apostolic uh, teachings and and there's other you know these I would classify them all, all as uh, false teachers and we'll, we'll touch on that because it's not something that uh, we use lightly it's not anything we want to throw on there to uh, slander any one of these names and we actually have an article up on our uh, website is it biblical to name names and uh, when you start to do uh, some of the studies on these type of things, yes, it is. And uh, the, the Lord did. Uh, John the Baptist uh, was, uh, you know, less than politically correct. And I think that's the overall thing here in the church in America. What we find is we find um, political correctness has infiltrated the church to such an extent that uh, pastors and, and teachers, by and large, have become uh, ineffective because they've lost the will to confront uh, the culture in its sin. And uh, this Bible teacher uh, has run into, um, you know, this this type of spirit in. Uh, many churches and, and they, the leadership just doesn't have the will to uh, take on the tough issues and so they're silent and in that silence they because they're not condemning these practices and these false teachings and, and these type of things uh, that silence is the sin of omission and they, you know, just aren't taking their, their tasks uh, seriously. But what we want to do is, in our outline, I want you to know that I take this responsibility as a Bible teacher very seriously. And, and it's, I, I, you know, sometimes I wish I didn't always have, you know, a hard word. But when we look out there on the landscape in America, uh, you know, politically, and we look at it uh, spiritually, and we see, you know, what the Bible says the uh, signs of the times will look like. Um, you know, Jesus told us in, in Matthew uh, 24 and Luke 21, uh, when it, the disciples were asking about signs uh, about the end of the age, and, you know, when will these things be? You know, when will you be coming back and these signs to look for? And the first thing he says over and over and over, and when we read our epistles, we see all these warnings uh, from the Apostle Paul when he was meeting the, the leaders in Ephesus and, you know, telling them that, you know, there's going to be false teachers among you, grievous wolves who are going to not spare the flock, um, and, and uh, you know, how the Apostle John talks about uh, how we can tell the, the spirit of, you know, the Antichrist 
and, and which is to oppose, uh, you know, biblical teaching. God gave us his word. He gave it as a gift to the church uh, to help to guide us and direct us. Jude uh, tells us over there in his tiny little power-packed uh, epistle on the Acts of the Apostates that we are to earnestly contend for the faith delivered once for the saints. And that earnestly means to, you know, struggle and in a uh, manner that's uh, strenuous and to fight uh, for the faith. And Paul said, you know, I have fought the good fight. And, um, you know, those of us who, who take the Bible seriously and uh, look at it, um, we're not talking about the most latest and most popular book lately. What we want to do is we want to look at things from a biblical perspective. And so that's what we're going to be doing here in our outline. And um, so let's go ahead and take a peek here at um, 2 Corinthians. All right, I'm just moving around a little bit and using some new technology here. Um, in uh, 1 Corinthians, all right, it says in chapter 2, all right, and Paul's talking about the wisdom of the world, and that's what I think is one of the really big uh, issues today in the church is with all these gurus, uh, church growth seminars, um, and the idea, the erroneous idea that we are to make uh, the earth uh, ready by taking over, and uh, it, what this is called. Uh, causing is a synthesis between um, people who are like-minded in their political ideals, okay? That they want to make America, you know, uh, godly again, um, which obviously we want too, but we're not going to compromise the gospel to work with uh, and hold hands with uh, Glenn Beck, who, who really is a, a, a New Age Mormon, um, that we, we just, you know, the, the Bible says that we're not to be unequally yoked. So uh, when we have people who say, like Rick Warren, you know, I'm willing to work with, you know, Muslims, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, you know, whatever he says to, you know, do the work of, uh, you know, like fighting AIDS and stuff like that. And these are definitely commendable causes and these are acts of benevolence, but we are not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And the idea and the concept of being unequally yoked is a yoke was a, a wooden... Um, like harness that would go over a couple of oxen and you would need to have two oxen you wouldn't have an oxen and a, and a goat and you wouldn't have a goat and a cat you know hooked up to an oxen because it's it's not going to pull they need to be like-minded because they're going to be pulling this workload together and you know we are uh, warned not to um, be unequally yoked in in that respect in in all of our relationships as uh, you know believers in the Lord Jesus and also we are not to uh, have fellowship 
with the unfruitful works of darkness. Um, Mormonism um, and, and a myriad of these other uh, religions, uh, we have a serious issue because if, if they are not uh, godly, they are not Christian and true Christian um, because there's all kinds of false counterfeit uh, Christians out there too, which is what we'll see here as uh, Matthew 13 unfolds and we begin to look at these false teachers, but it's this worldly wisdom, okay, this, you know, this change that, that people want to see in our culture and in the world, the political correctness of, of not speaking out against um, somebody else's uh, religion or their belief system is really, in a nutshell, it's it's loving them to hell, okay? Ultimately, if we don't share the gospel, which is good news, because we have good news, and I and I want you to know that that it's it's the good news of Jesus Christ and His shed blood on the cross that has been compromised, okay, to such a point, and and a, just a little tiny background that. Uh, political correctness was brought to this country by uh, German higher thinking and, and the criticism, uh, higher criticism of uh, taking scripture, okay, on the, on the church side of the ledger, and they would begin to uh, deny scripture. And, and when you get into that position where you uh, use eggheads, okay, who tend to you know, say, well, Jesus didn't really say that, and they begin to, you know, criticize and, and look at the scriptures in a manner to, to pull it apart, okay, and to destroy the integrity, okay, which is um, a good reason why you should be following uh, our study on bibliology, which is the doctrine and study of the Bible. And uh, that is a quite lengthy series that we have going on right now uh, in, in our theological part of our library. So, you know, in that political correctness that was brought to America, okay, by the Frankfurt School. And they knew, okay, and, and just to kind of you know, boil it all away for you in a nutshell. Political correctness, okay, began in America is nothing more than cultural Marxism, okay? Karl Marx, who he said that the two things that he wanted to do, okay, the, 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 the founder of like communism and socialism, he said that his two things that he wanted to do was destroy God and capitalism. And this has found its way into America today, and instead of an outright uh, revolution, you know, people fighting in the streets over this ideal ideology, or this philosophy, this worldly wisdom, what they are doing is they are subverting the culture. 
And uh, if you pay close attention, this was actually back in the 70s, congressional hearings, we were told by people who had escaped uh, from communist countries before um, you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall, we were being told in congressional committees that communism was seeking to infiltrate the church. And one of the ways they've done this, okay, is through political correctness, which is nothing more than cultural Marxism. And if you go onto our site, you'll see some of the uh, articles that we have up on, on that. We have some videos attached. If you just put in, like, political correctness, you'll, you'll find a couple of articles. But let's get into the scriptures. And then next time, we'll actually get into the parables of Matthew 13. So in 1 Corinthians, uh, 2nd chapter, we're going to see here, um, we'll start right here at verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God, for I determined to not know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Hallelujah. <laughs> Preach it, Paul. And he says in verse 3, it says, And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech was, was preaching not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Now, how we have strayed away from that today, and that is the root cause, okay, with um, all of our church growth gurus. Uh, they even have websites now that you can just download sermons, okay, their notes, their outlines, and uh, you can totally plagiarize somebody else's work. Because these pastors are getting up and preaching these sermons, and they're not telling their, their, their congregation that they just downloaded this over the Internet. And they're not spending time in the Word of God. They're just not, they're, they're, they're using somebody else's work. And if that work is faulty, and that person's worldview and philosophy is skewed from the Bible, and you haven't spent time reading it yourself, and God, you know, imparting to you, you know, by His Holy Spirit, you know, you could be leading your church astray quickly. And it says here, verse 6, How about we speak the wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, or nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Now, Paul is, is saying here that you know, it's, it's, it's not the wisdom of this world, because what we have is we have men, okay, because they had Greek philosophers, and, you know, they, they had a myriad of people who could, who could talk up a good storm. And, um, you know, so between the Greek culture 
in, in the Hebrews with their uh, logic, they had a lot of people who could talk. But that's not according to truth. And that, you know, the Bible teaches us that, you know, spirit communicates with spirit. You know, deep calls unto deep. And it's only by God's spirit does he help us understand his word. So that's why Jesus said, it is good that I go away, because when I go away, I'll send you the comforter. And, and the, the idea there is uh, the paraclete, he is the one that comes alongside, and he is always with us. So actually, when we read our Bible, okay, if we're born again of the Spirit of God, then his Holy Spirit helps us to understand his word. As it says also in Corinthians that, you know, uh, you know it's the carnal man is not going to understand this. Okay, that, that it's by wisdom that we, you know, we begin to see the things of God. And some, so where, 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 let me, let me just back up a little bit. All right, it says, um, talking about divisions in the body of Christ is quite divided today. It says, uh, verse 17 of the first chapter it says for Christ sent me not not to baptize but to preach the gospel with the not with the wisdom of words lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect and that actually means to empty the cross of its power and um, unfortunately that's what's going on today and uh, you should look up our article where uh, our good friend uh, Pastor Mike and I did, uh, we talked about the uh, crossless gospel and how that is infecting the, the church today. And it says in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. All right? And it keeps talking about the wisdom here. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of the world? We've got lots of those today. But has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And uh, he goes on and on here. And uh, I want to pick it back up and, and just let you know that it's, um, you know, not earthly wisdom, okay? But we have in verse 11 of chapter 2, okay, is, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God now we have received not the spirit of the world, and that's the problem today. That's the spirit that's out there. That's the spirit that's in, in, in uh, infiltrating the church at an, an alarming rate, okay? And we'll talk about the great apostasy as we go through the, the parables in Matthew 13 and how this is really not a surprise if we have a good understanding of what the Lord was teaching. So verse 12, chapter 2, says... 
Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely, get that freely given to us of God, which things we also speak, not in the words with which man's wisdom, okay, and if you go through like Rick Warren's book on the purpose-driven life, uh, it's filled with quotes from uh, socialists, Fabian socialists, mystics, and, and all kinds of things. And we're talking, that is the wisdom of the world. All right, but it says, not, all right, uh, which things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom, okay, teaches, but with the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. All right, that's it in a nutshell. And why do we have a problem here in the church today? Because we're not comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. We're downloading sermons. We're going to conferences. We're not spending time in the Bible. We're not praying and asking for understanding. We're, we're running to and fro and seeking after everything. Okay? And it says in verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, and neither can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But here, he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. Alright, and I love this part. It says, For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we, those who are born of God, okay, and have the, the Spirit of God dwells within us, right, to help us spiritually discern these things, it says, but we have the mind of Christ. And that only comes, loved ones, by spending time in His Word and getting to know Him, the one who loved us enough, okay, the one who loved us enough to go to the cross and die for you and me all right that's about all the time we have for this uh opening session but we just want to make known to you that um let's be careful how we do this we want to rightly divide the word of truth okay take seriously our bible what it has to say god didn't waste any word here it's extremely efficient all right so we really want to just go ahead with this Matthew um, series on these parables. And uh, I just think we'll, we'll leave that right there for this uh, session. And we'll pick it up next time. Okay? And until next time, may God richly bless you in the knowledge of Him as you seek Him. God bless. Love you guys. <laughs>